Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This week we are going to be unboxing, installing, and testing a dash cam. These are great for security and if you ever have an accident, we don't want you to, but if you do, you want to be able to prove that it was the other guy's fault. <laughs> but here's the thing, we've got one for you this week that costs you only $30. Don't believe it. Stick around. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash DPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to episode number 617 of Category 5 Technology TV. Great to have you here. Great to have you two here mm -hmm. again this week. Nice to see you. And uh, we've got a great show planned. Yeah. Sasha, you are going to be installing a $30 U.S dash cam in your car today we're going to put it to much? the test yeah we're, we're going to talk about that but it's dirt cheap and we're going to find out is it really worth that's very very small investment or should you spend more okay we're going to be looking at that in just a couple of moments but uh before we get into it i want to remind you to subscribe to us on youtube and while you're at it click that bell and that's going to ensure that you get the notifications anytime we post new videos or even when we broadcast live it's a great way to uh, to follow the show. Another great way to follow us is uh, through through the Twitter channel. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on social media. We have a Facebook page as well. All the videos go up there, and we do live broadcasting through YouTube uh, as well as Facebook. And we're on Kodi, Plex, Roku, pretty much any platform, uh, both on demand and live. Yep. So if you've got it uh, and you're not sure how to get Category 5 on it, just ping our chat room, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be able to hook you up. Uh, quick congratulations to Solbu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you folks can see uh, there on the screen uh, in the Discord chat. Uh, has posted a photo of the new house that they've taken ownership. It's very nice. Very quaint little country home. I would like to visit. Mm -hmm. It's far, far away, but I would like to visit. <laughs> in a land far, far away, <laughs> Solbu and his country home. Raising chickens and dogs. Puppies. Puppies. For sure. Yes. Once they're dogs, they are out of there. Yeah. I raise nothing but puppies. There you go. <laughs> wow. Eventually they turn into dogs. Sasha, are you one that's, of those dog owners? That's right. Oh, <laughs> dear. You aged out of my house. Oh, <laughs> come on so now. Real quick. <laughs> no. I'm waiting for the puppy to become a dog so that he's like curl up at your feet and see, you know, pet perfect. him and, he, and he's no longer bouncing around and jumping all over the place. And See, our so dog will be 14 in September. Yes. And she's still a puppy. What kind of dog is she? She's a husky. Husky. Yeah, like even the other day we pulled out a laser pointer. She loved to chase the laser pointer. That's cool. Yeah, so she still has puppy mentality even though yeah. <laughs> when she runs you can hear the bones Too much creaking. energy. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, okay, well we're going to get right into it, folks. I mentioned at the top of the show, we have a $30 U.S. dash cam. Mm -hmm. I want to take a look at this. Now, Jeff, you have a dash cam. Sasha 
presently does not. Right. Tell us a little bit about what made you get a dash cam. So, I, I mean, I commute all the time for work. Yeah. And in some, some days, I could be going 700 kilometers in a day. Like oh, I thought he was going to say 700 kilometers an hour. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, no, I, Somehow I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> If my car went that fast, I'd consider it. <laughs> Audubon, yeah. Um, no, but so in my time driving back and forth to the big city, uh, I have been in four car accidents. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And thankfully, three were not my fault. Mm-hmm. One was weather related, and I just, I continued to slide and I hit a guy. Oh. Um, in a car. Yeah, in, in a car. <laughs> Thankfully, it was one of those, like, good clarification bump, and you get out, and you're like, I don't see any damage. He's like, I don't see any damage, and we're good to go. Um, Everybody's good. But I've had two write-offs, wow. and in both cases, I'm like, I wish I had a dash cam, because right. I can show that I, I was sitting at the light, not moving, the radio's not on, I'm not on my phone, like, if, it's quiet. If you have a dash cam, you are basically a super spy. Does well, dash yeah. cam just come on automatically? Like, yes. So you don't have to think, as oh, soon as my car starts dodgy, up, I'm going to turn you on. No, as soon as I turn yeah. my car up, it's on, it's yeah, okay. going. And so in the one accident that I did have where I had the dash cam, yeah. um, it happened to be that uh, every 10 minutes, it, because it records to an SD card, yes. it will stop and then start a new recording. And, and is there a, a gap? There's like a, a three-second gap. Whoa, and the accident seconds. took place in the middle of that gap. No. <laughs> it was like, no. 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 So that all you see test. is me driving, and then the video comes on, and I've been hit. Oh. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So. Oh. That seems suspicious when you show that video to the police. I was the one I don't know. Though. That part just disappeared. <laughs> but, but for a camera that's 200 bucks, I would have thought it would do a little bit better. Okay. Right. 200 bucks. And that was about the cheapest we could find. And that wow. was on sale as a Christmas special. All right. Well, Pathing... I'm going to try to get the name right. Pathing Leck has brought out a 1080p okay. dash cam that is available for only $30 US. About... Well, forty-five dollars here in Canada, our our currency. Yep. And uh, you can get one at cat5.tv/dashcam, or at least check it out and even compare to Jeff's. And I have compared because you actually talked about it previously on the show, yeah, the one that's that right. you per- yeah. that you got. Um, and so I kind of compared feature to feature, and some of the things that I love about your dash cam are in the thirty-dollar really? dash cam. Yeah, things mm. like uh, wide dynamic range. Yes. So, for example, it's getting a little bit dark out. It's not quite dark enough for the infrared to come on because it has infrared as well. Yep. Um, it's not quite dark enough, but the wide dynamic range brings up the levels and the, um, the, the color saturation so that you have clearer video at dusk and, right. and dawn, right? Mm. So, um, so it does all that. Now, they also... I, I have a bit of a discrepancy because... On their Amazon profile, it says that they have a three-year warranty, and then below it says there's a one-year warranty. And sometimes you see this when information has been copied and pasted right. by uh, whoever's creating the profile, and unfortunately, they miss that. I'm not too sure whether it's a three-year or a one-year warranty, but let's consider the price at $30 US. Even if it's only a one-year warranty, that's pretty good. Mine was a one-year. And what they, what they say right on the profile, and this is reiterated, is that they have a promise of 24-hour resolution. So if you... Wow. So resolution of your problem. Uh, so if you have a problem with this webcam, even though it's so cheap as far as the price goes... Dashcam. Uh, Dashcam, pardon me. Um, thank you. Um, 
they will resolve it within 24 hours. Pre- presumably, if it's broken, they'll send you a new one. If right. there's a problem, they'll walk you through how to fix it. Um, those kinds of things. So the warranty is there as well. Um, it has a three-inch IPS display. Do you want me to actually like get into the box? Yeah. And I'll, yes. t- I'll so tell you about these things. About. Yeah, okay. I'm going to jump over here, and let's actually open this thing up. All right. I'm excited. Because if this works, I'm totally getting it for my wife's car. She just picked up her new car today. There you go. She was in an accident a couple weeks ago. Oh, and that would be perfect. I'm way over here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch cameras here so that we can see uh, the box. And I'm going to pop into this. Um, so a couple of quick mentions about the specs. It does have a 3-inch IPS display. Jeff, another thing that it has similar to yours is a 170-degree field of view. Yes, that is nice. It's really wide. We're going to see that a little later in the show. Here we go. So there it is, folks. The lens looks honking huge. It looks like they made it look like a DSLR. Now, that lens is actually just the dot in the middle, and it's like a plastic housing to make it look more substantive than it is. But, I mean, it does look reasonable. Now, you see that LED light there on the left-hand side? Yeah. Of your screen? That's for the infrared as well. So it does have an infrared sensor, and and it's able to pick up night vision, um, which obviously we're not going to be able to test today because it's super bright out. We've got tactile switches, uh, buttons, to be able to control the various settings, and uh, they feel pretty good. See if I can power it on. Uh, Looks like it's, well, flash there for me. Let's try again. There it comes. Blue light. Oh, there ah, we there we okay. go. Pathing tech. And there we are. Uh, we've got, like, camera inception here. <laughs> uh, okay. So, I mean, it looks okay. It looks just fine. I mean, it's a affordable little camera, but let's see what else it comes with. Now, do you know what the battery life is? I don't yet, but Sasha's going to let us know in a week's time because she's going to be using it. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so we've got the suction mount. Pretty typical suction clip that goes on here and then secures to the windshield. Uh, It's got the switch, so it actually pulls back on the uh, suction cup to give it a good uh, seal to the window so it's not going to fall off. Uh, We've also got uh, what looks like a permanent mount, so if you're really happy with it or you don't want it to be movable from one car to the other, you can actually stick it onto the... That would also let you stick it on the dash, too, not the window. Uh, Then we've got the uh, USB-A looking cable. Oh, and uh, okay, so not even just USB. We've also got uh, a plug that goes into your lighter oh, and has the USB to to power it. So that's good. Okay, and it's got. It looks like it's got a good long cable. We've got another 3M double-sided sticker. Uh, information about the type of class card that you're going to want to use. Class 10, uh, up to 32 gigabytes. Uh, and it's micro SD. And then we've got a, an English manual and a French manual as well here in Canada. All right, there we are. That's all there is to it. Uh, let's try to fire it up and see whether we can... I'm not sure if it came with a charge or not. Uh, Sasha, I've got... Uh, I, I noticed there it says February 5th or something like that. We'll <laughs> fix the date during the commercial break before we mount it in your car. Or before you do... February 25th. There we go. So let's jump into the menus here. Navigation feels uh, really solid. It doesn't feel janky at all. Um, 
Oh, we've got a G sensor. So that means if you get in an accident, yeah. it will actually lock the files. Oh. So if automatically. You get, automatically. So it has loop, looping recording. So as you approach the limit of the capacity of your card, it will automatically uh, re recycle the space. So it'll record over the oldest videos. Okay. But having that G sensor. Oh, and I'm going to put in the 16 gig uh, Kingston class 10. Um, having that G sensor um, means that when you get in a collision, if you do, it's actually going to lock those files because of the movement. It's going to detect the collision. And so that way it will not record over them if it loops. That's so it just gives you that added protection so that you're not going to lose your files. Uh, yeah, it looks really, really good. Um, so I mentioned the G-Sensor, um, and it does have 24-hour loop recording, and it has a parking mode. So you have to set this. Okay. It doesn't automatically set itself to parking mode, but let's say um, you park it. Uh, I've had this happen where I've got, taken the kids to a birthday party, and I parked, it on the, I parked my vehicle on the street, and somebody backed into my vehicle, and we were in the party. We didn't know. We came out, and somebody had hit and run. Hit, yeah. So in parking mode, what it does is it puts the camera into like a suspend state, a, a sleep state. Right. It's not using a lot of battery power, and your car's not powering it, so it has a built-in battery to, to keep going. Uh, and in parking mode, if it senses any motion, like if it sees any, any movement, it will start recording. So oh. as a car is starting to approach your parked car, all of a sudden your camera comes to life and it records. So then if you came out and you say, oh, somebody hit my car, dash cam, if it was in park mode, uh, will have hopefully captured that. If it's pointed, you can adjust the, like, the angle of the camera and uh, right. do that accordingly. Like that. All that kind of I think that is um, kind of a premium feature mm -hmm. for something at this price point. Uh, we do have to take a really quick break. I'm going to set the clock on that. Uh, I've, I'm going to plug it into the, uh, the charger real quick, and uh, when we come back, uh, you're going to have the opportunity to try that camera out. Yay! Stick around. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Now, before the break, we unboxed and quickly had a look at this $30 uh, dash cam. Mm -hmm. And this comes to us uh, from Pathinglet... Pathinglet... Pathing Tech. Pathing Tech. Why is it... Sp is it spelt wrong on the site? I think I, it is I don't tech. know, but on the thing, it looks like... It looked like Pathing It tech. looked like a T, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think Amazon has it wrong. Oh! Pa so that is why I'm stumbling on it. Pathing Tech... That, that makes, makes a lot that's more easier. sense. Yeah. Either way, if Either you go way, to, thirty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, if you go to cat5.tv/dashcam, all one word, uh, that's going to actually take you to it, and uh, you're going to be able to just compare that with uh, with the dash cams that are costing a lot more. <laughs> uh, I was saying before the break that it seems like some of the features of this camera are quite premium for the price tag. Yeah, some uh, of them are features that even my camera doesn't have. Oh, huh. well, see, technology progresses, prices come down, and uh, here we are in 2019. This looks like a pretty decent little rig. Yeah, when you mentioned the G sensor, that right there yeah. did it for me because from my car, the one I have in my car, it's a manual button. So if I get in an accident, I have to oh. hit the button. No. Which doesn't help if I get schmucked and I'm knocked out. Oh. Because then right. the loop goes, and it's like, oh, whoops, we lost the video. Oh, darn. So yeah. it's a manual button for mine. So okay. I love that that is automatic. 
All right. And well, it doesn't have the parking feature. We're not going to get into a collision tonight, so we're not going to actually get to experience <laughs> the G-Shock feature. However, um, I am going to uh, switch over to a video that we recorded just before the show. So... Um, this is Sasha just before the show tonight, and I'll let you kind of explain what, what's yeah, going through yeah. your head. Mounting <laughs> the um, suction cup thingy. Yeah. Um, which was super easy. It has a little clip. See? That's, that's great. Then the actual, <laughs> the actual dash cam itself just slides right onto that holder. So super simple, eh, Sasha? <laughs> yes. I, I just mean like it's it's an easy install. It's not like you. It's not rocket no. science to do this. Like it's just a simple thing. But uh, for the price, I'm eager to see how it performs. Okay, so you're plugging it in directly. Yeah, that's the USB. Yeah, there's like a little. And that's just because thing. of the little battery. <laughs> yeah. I probably should have looked at it before I put it on my <laughs> window. You should have read the instructions. I should have read the instructions, Jeff. <laughs> and well, while, while we're seeing this, just to clarify, Marshman, let us know it is pathing lek. Pathing lek. Okay. Yep. So there we have it. Pathing there lek. There we go. This is how it should be done. There you go. <laughs> All right. So it's plugged in. I love the head nod. There we go. Now, do you think that there's enough length there, Sasha, that you could drape? I know you're just going to drape this down to the uh, to the lighter socket, but could you, like, put this around? Oh, certainly I could. Okay. Oh, and now you just started the car. Yeah. And it just fired up and started recording. Which is awesome. The light turned red. Okay, so it turns on automatically when it senses power from the vehicle. Oh, that was a video of it. Yeah. Cool. Wow, that's pretty good. Okay. Car looks nice and shiny, Sasha. Well done. Thanks. thanks. Let's uh, let's get some dash cam video and see how this thing performs. So just a quick little jaunt around Barry. Look, at, Look this. at that. I love the uh, the wide angle view. It's that it's clean. So if you had a car coming up on either side, just consider as you look at these roads, um, it's not you're not going to have any trouble seeing a car coming from the side. Now, does the dash cam have? Um a microphone on it to record what's happening in the car. Mm -hmm. It does. Okay. Yeah, in fact, we can hear that a little bit in the background right now. I know you don't have a headset, so you can't hear it, but I can. Oh, okay. I did pick, like, the bumpiest road. You really did. Of like, let's find the industrial Barry. zone of Barrie where there's all the potholes and railroad tracks. But that's okay, because, I mean, <laughs> it even shows you how it performs on a bumpy road. Right. I'm thinking that, Jeff, because I did try to do some handheld shots um, to, to uh, you know, just some B-roll for, for this, and it was very bumpy. And as I'm watching this, it's really smooth. Yeah. Like, very smooth. I'm blown away. That's great. And the colors are great. Like, it's a good-looking video. And so, so this is out-of-the-box settings. Like, you didn't have to adjust anything, I mean, other than the date. Yeah, that's all I did was set the date and time at the bottom left there wow. so you can see exactly when we actually recorded this just a couple hours ago. Uh, otherwise, there's, yeah, no, no settings were changed, Jeff. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Well, hey, looks great. Folks, what do you think for a $30 dash cam? Sasha, will you report back in a week's time and let I us know uh, what you think of this? I certainly will. This is amazing. So. And I want you to try that parking mode, too, and just see 
how that functions. I Just dance around in front of the camera and see if it starts recording all of a sudden. That'll be my ideal, like having that parking mode. For the work I do, I want to have my car, you know, yeah. watching what's going on when I'm mm-hmm. not in it. Well, that looks great. So, folks, this is, uh, you know, it's pretty dry video, but this shows the quality of, of this. Now, uh, a little bit of specifications for you. It is 1080p. I did mention that, but so we're looking at uh, 1920 by 1080 resolution. So high enough that, uh, as you can see, it's crystal clear, but you, you could even take stills from this, and they're going to be pretty good, uh, pretty good quality for sure. Wow. I'm actually pretty impressed with this. Jeff, your, your camera is, uh, you mentioned it was 200 bucks. Yeah. And uh, have you, like, do you have any comparison, like any visual? From a video standpoint, I would say. Pretty similar or? I would actually say this is better. I think mine's a 720. Okay, now there was a blip there. Was that that part of the loop? That may have been the loop, Jeff. Oh, my goodness. See, mine actually disappears for the loop. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, this, I had this on, I, I saw that it was loop recording, so. And we just stuck a Kingston SD card, micro SD, class 10 in there, and uh, it seems to work just flawlessly. Like, we haven't had to monkey with it or anything, eh, Sasha? Like, it's just, just works. Yeah, no, I think that was a better video feed than my camera. Wow. So, yeah, um, I'd say $30 for the win. Well done, Sasha. We got the thumbs up. Yeah. So... What do you all think? Cat5.tv slash dash cam for the $30 dash cam. And I'm working my way around. Yeah, that's that that's is, insane. Oh, it's a really great camera for that price. Yeah. That is blowing my mind. Well, I mean, at that price, you can get one for the front and the back. Right. Do you, yeah, like, that's you a great idea. on your back window so that you're always filming. That's a really great idea. Mm-hmm. We could, great you ideas. could put one in each of the corners and do carpool karaoke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not that, that bad, not good. that shabby. Um, do you tell your insurance company that you have a dash cam? I did. And did that impact your, your at premium all. at all? Not at all? Uh, nope. I know like when we install surveillance cameras and things it like that. It does for house insurance, but it yeah. didn't for my car. Okay. That's interesting. Now, that's another thought. I, yeah. I know that your car has been broken into in the driveway. So yeah. ha- having something like this. And at work. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I yeah. caught that guy. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. So, you know, that's another thought is it could be used with the parking mode. It's going to pick up motion. Now, would it pe- pick up the sound of a smashing window? It doesn't pick up sound. Sa- oh, it, it hears the sound. But, no, it's it motion activated it, yeah. in parking mode. Right. Or if the car is running, it's just re- it's recording all the time in loop mode. Okay. So there's no, uh, there's n- like a seamless recording all the time hmm. while you're driving. Now, if they added that feature and, say, did a firmware update that you can update through the SD Mm-hmm. Where like it picks up on the smash, mm-hmm. that would be a phenomenal feature. <laughs> that's like that's mind-bendingly crazy for a cheap camera. Although I think about like Wise. I mean, I'm not saying that we're not saying that they are going to do that with this camera, right. but like Wise cams are an example of like a camera that is constantly being up, upgraded and updated yes. yeah. and becoming better and better. And they're only thirty bucks, and it's like holy cow! How are they doing this for so cheap? Um, and uh, but this one, as it is, right out of the box, I'm impressed. Oh, that was good. I think that's pretty I awesome. I love it. Check it out, cat5.tv slash dash cam. Have you got a dash cam? And if you ever had an accident uh, where you're not at fault and that was helpful for you uh, when it came to, um, to uh, 
like talking to the police exactly. or your insurance company, anything like that. I feel like you must be able to go to the accident reporting because you, they ask you for a description of the actual accident. Yeah. You're not just handing the SD card yeah. and be like, this is my description. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, here you go. So just show them on uh, With this also, I should mention one final thought. You can switch modes to playback, and you can actually playback the video on the, s- the 3-inch screen. Right. Okay. So if you had an accident and the police were there, you could say, look, here you go. There's what happened. This and would also be good for, like, incredibly picturesque roads. True. Right? There yeah. are, mm-hmm. I mean, here we have beautiful, windy roads with great scenery. Not, not not necessarily not the ones that we went here. down. <laughs> By here, I mean, like, yes, Barry. Yeah. yeah, if you drive 20 <laughs> minutes in any direction, yeah. it's gorgeous. And you could, I mean, because it's got the suction cup and it does have the battery, you could put it even on, like, the hood of your car. For You're just full of ideas and gimmicks, Jeff. I'm telling you. Don't do what he says. I'd be so afraid of it flying off and hitting someone. Oh. And hurting them, Jeff. Hurting them. If you're going down a country road, the likelihood of it, <laughs> I mean, other than hitting a cow. Don't do it. Leave it inside. No, I'm going to stay Leave inside. Leave it inside. Sasha, do it. <laughs> Just for the review. By no, don't do it. Don't do it. That's what, um, like, if you're going to do that, you need to have a, a proper, proper mount. Yes. Yeah. Like, we have, for example, if we were shooting that type of video, oh. we have something like this, right? That so is right, good. Okay. It has multiple suction cups, and that's going to... Yeah, that would work. Yeah. That's exactly what you need. So... Keep that in mind. Don't listen to Jeff. <laughs> Don't ever listen to Jeff. I used up all my good ideas at the beginning of the show. <laughs> all right. Well, it's time to head over to the newsroom, Sasha. If you're ready, we're going to jump over there. All right. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category5.tv newsroom. It's decided. Facebook will be fined a whopping $5 billion over the Cambridge Analytica scandal. The fully interactive Doctor Who VR game, The Edge of Time, is arriving in September. An artificial intelligence system created by researchers at the University of California has solved the Rubik's Cube in just over a second. And Intel has unveiled its new AI system, Pohoiki Beach. It's a neuromorphic computer capable of simulating 8 million neurons. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. This is the Category5.tv newsroom. Covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. It's decided Facebook will be fined a whopping $5 billion over the Cambridge Analytica scandal. The Consumer Protection Agency in the U.S., the Federal Trade Commission, or FTC, began investigating Facebook in March of 2018 following reports that Cambridge Analytica had accessed the data of tens of millions of its users. As it turns out, the, the political consultancy firm was able to improperly obtain the data of up to 87 million Facebook users. The investigation focused on whether Facebook had violated a 2011 agreement in which it was required to clearly notify users and gain express consent to share their data. In a 3-2 to two vote, the record $5 billion settlement was approved by the FTC. The fine still needs to be finalized by the Justice Department's Civil Division, and it is unclear how long this may take. If confirmed, it would be the largest fine ever levied by the FTC on a tech company. Facebook had been expecting this. It told investors back in April that it had put aside most of the money, which means that the firm won't feel much added financial strain from this penalty. 
What we don't know yet is what additional measures may be placed on the company, such as increased privacy oversight, or if there will be any personal repercussions for the company's chief executive, Mark Zuckerberg. The settlement, which amounts to about one quarter of the company's yearly profit, will reignite criticism from those who say that the fine isn't much more than a slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Five billion dollars is not a slap on the wrist. It feels it a little larger to me. Like five billion dollars is a big fine. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. I don't think... I don't think that they're going to ignore the fine, right? No, like, they're not going to continue They've along. already put most of that money away, which yeah, means that's nuts. they had access to most of oh, that money. we'll take that out is. of our surplus. Right. You want to make it hurt? You go beyond that. I, I, quite frankly, I do think it was a slap in the wrist, and I was reading an article that uh, there was a jump in shares after the fine was announced. Mm. Why, I have no clue. But the jump in shares... Uh, almost produced the same amount of money that they were fined. Wow. People are in love that's, with Facebook. That's nuts. So it's like, oh, bad publicity. Good on Facebook. Oh, we just made the money back. Like, to me, that's stupid. From a legal standpoint, like, what have they accomplished? That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Right. They've accomplished nothing, virtually. Right. What are they going to do with that $5 billion? It's going to go into the federal coffers. Huh. Hmm. What I want to know is, is this going to produce lawsuits like is somebody going to say i'm suing you now facebook you've been mm. found to be in I violation was one of those victims yeah i was yeah. a victim and my life has been impacted because now i see these advertisements that i never wanted to see before i Making want to spend my money i 10 need million to reimburse dollars. it <laughs> but i mean i could see a class action suit coming out of this hmm. i mean is it going to amount to much probably not but right i i, I just Quite frankly, with all the money that Facebook makes and all of the intrusive nature that they have built their company around, I think five million or five billion is, is a joke. What would you set it at? I would have put it at around fifteen. Huh? I'd, I would not fifteen billion dollars. Yeah. Too much. But the other <laughs> thing is, I think this is a settlement. I don't think it was a straight up fine. I think they cut a backroom deal, so they knew it was coming. It's still one Possibly. quarter. One quarter of the annual earnings. If I had to spend one quarter of my earnings on a fine, yeah. I would be eating Mr. Noodles. I think we're in a different tax bracket. <laughs> uh -huh. I'd be eating Mr. Noodles for a year. <laughs> but, like, think about it. That fine is one quarter of their yearly revenue purely from selling your personal data. That's what they do. I am, mm -hmm. yes. I am like, not defending Facebook. Remember, I am not even on Facebook anymore. That's how saddened I was by all of this privacy breach. Yeah, and I don't think Zuckerberg's out the window. They're oh, not going to no. touch him. No. no. Like, I'll tell you what, like as a user, as a programmer, the whole Cambridge Analytica thing, what has it meant to me, is strictly frustration to the point where I've canceled all Facebook services within my company. Right. Like, I no longer provide right. Facebook services to our customers. I had somebody even message me asking me to set up an Instagram profile, and I said, go elsewhere. I'm not going to do it. I'm, right. not, I'm not dealing with that company anymore. See, here, here's the thing that, that bothers me a little bit about the story, and I know we've got to move on to another mm. one. You look at when Elon Musk made his tweet about 
cutting some deal overseas or something that never came true and suddenly he had from the trades commission had a year of sanctions for twitter and he had had somebody like an ethical person follow him and like yeah yeah like, like there was a lawyer attached to it so like there was this big deal mm-hmm. whereas facebook releases millions of people's personal information and they go pay us some money mm-hmm. like where is the impact on the company yeah i think there should be a whole lot more that comes with it i think the impact on the company is companies saying i'm not dealing with facebook anymore but look i'm at not the buying whole... advertising space on facebook now i'm we have a facebook profile right. uh, a facebook page for category 5 tv because there are a lot of users <laughs> and so we want it to be accessible to you but personally i don't use it and i don't right. support it but like look and at that's the whole what it's led to that blew up again this week Mm-hmm. And all the personal data that's being taken from that. People just don't care. Like, the public doesn't care. And I realize it's a broad... Str- anyway. Yeah. I'm t- I don't like I'm to generalize, and, and I apologize for the generalization, because you may be saying, no, I do care. Yeah. I absolutely care. Right. I cancel my account, or maybe I didn't even sign up for one because I didn't agree with their terms of service. But the fact remains, like... We're, we are in a different era now than we were 10 years ago. Yep. The types of data, data thievery that are happening in things like social media didn't exist 10 years ago. And so the law has to catch up. Yep. We know that. Like, there's so many different... We could talk about MPAA. We could talk about oh, yeah. like, all of these things. And, and they haven't caught up yet. And uh, maybe it's just one step, at least... Maybe it's not about Facebook. Maybe it's not going to dent them, but maybe it's going to protect users from the next big breach because the next big breach is still on the up and up. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. We don't really know. It's big picture stuff. The fully interactive Doctor Who VR game, The Edge of Time, is arriving in September. The Doctor has been hurled through time to the end of the universe. A virus that threatens to rip apart reality itself has been unleashed. Players can pilot the TARDIS on a journey across the world, both familiar and strange, to recover a series of powerful time crystals that can repair space-time and ultimately save the universe itself. Following the recent reveal of the animated VR experience Doctor Who The Runaway, a new cinematic feature-length Doctor Who VR video game is coming this September. Published by Playstack and developed by Maze Theory, Doctor Who The Edge of Time will transport fans into a globally beloved world of aliens, mystery and wonder, letting them embark on a brand new and fully interactive adventure inspired by the show's 55-year history and starring the Doctor's current incarnation, played by Jodie Whittaker. Armed with the iconic sonic screwdriver, players will solve mind-bending puzzles, grapple with classic monsters, and encounter new horizons in a quest to find the Doctor and defeat a powerful force that threatens to destroy the fabric of reality. They will face the infamous Daleks? Daleks? Daleks, yeah. We have one here on the set. And other known faces from the Doctor's universe, plus some brand new, never-before-seen monsters as they travel through stunning cinematic environments that truly bring the show to life. Okay, so first of all... This is a That's a Dalek. Dalek. Yeah. I am waiting... I feel crowded now. Exterminate. Exterminate. (laughs) Okay, so my kids are going to be thrilled about this. I'm thrilled about this. First of all, the storyline... Sounds like my day-to-day life. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah. 
these days they can do so much. And, and the Jody Whitaker is, in fact, involved in the actual game. It's going to be a lot of fun for Jody Whitaker fans and, and sure. the 11th Doctor fans as well. Um, so this is great. Yes. And we've got also the Orville interactive fan experience, yes. which is coming to Steam within the next couple of weeks. Like the, the coming soon is already on Steam. So do a search for the Orville. Um, so we're looking at like some of the great sci-fi shows right now are going to be playable VR games. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's cool. It's very cool. So very fun. looking forward to this one too. I Thank you, Sasha. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I love VR. An artificial intelligence system created by researchers at the University of California has solved the Rubik's Cube in just over a second. DeepCube A, as the algorithm was called, completed the 3D logic puzzle, which has been taxing humans since it was invented in 1974. Professor Pierre Baldi, who authored the report in Nature Machine Intelligence, said, quote, it learnt on its own. The researchers noted that its strategy was very different from the way humans tackled the puzzle. Professor Baldi says, My best guess is that the AI's form of reasoning is completely different from a human's, end quote. The computer algorithm is not the first or the fastest non-human to solve the puzzle. That honor goes to a system devised at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, dubbed the Min2Phase algorithm, which solved the puzzle three times faster. But that system did not use a neural network, which mimics how the human brain works or machine learning techniques. By contrast, it was programmed specifically to solve the puzzle. Creating a system that teaches itself to complete the challenge is seen as the first step toward creating an AI that can move beyond games to solve real-world problems. Professor Abaldi says, quote, the solution to the Rubik's Cube involves symbolic mathematical and abstract thinking so a deep learning machine that can crack such a puzzle is getting closer to becoming a system that can think reason plan and make decisions end quote this sounds awesome this is an interesting story i i get the rationale behind using it to learn to solve a rubik's cube but the rubik's cube has been solved like, you go online and you can, it's like, do this, do this, and there's a sequence you follow. Is that how I can do it? Yeah. Right. It took there's, how many seconds that for that's this machine? not how the machine did yeah. it. Right. No, I get that. Yeah. But it's, so it it's interesting. A it's interesting. <laughs> Life finds a way. Uh, it's an interesting way of, of how they've used it. But at the same time, I'm going, pick something that isn't as solved right, but as a Rubik's Cube. Missing the point. They I'm not missing okay. the point. But they Absolutely need to, Okay, are. so they <sighs> need to prove how fast it can solve something by testing it against something that's already But also solved. how it solves yes. it. Ask me an that's abstract question. Just ask me any question. Just something completely out, of, out there. Um, how many particles of fuel do you get behind a jet stream? See, I don't know the answer to that. I have no clue. And I can answer that. Gosh, you could have asked me one that I could at least answer. <laughs> you said any question. But the fact here is that, okay, so I've sat down with a Rubik's Cube yep. yes. at the cottage because, you know, you got to pass time yeah. just being lazy. And, uh, and not, that, not that there's anything lazy about a Rubik's Cube. I'm an intelligent guy, though. No, it's, it's good for stimulating the brain. Yeah, and I'm an intelligent guy, but I don't think I've ever solved it. No. I think I've gotten to the point where I'm just frustrated. I got like two sides and I'm like, forget this. My grade 11 so math teacher I, was I actually pulled the pieces out and reassembled it. <laughs> As a kid, I uh, de-stickered it and redid <laughs> it. So just consider that, okay, so I gave up. 
as a human. Yep. Now, this is a computer algorithm powered by AI technology, a neural net. So the closest thing to a neural net that we've basically seen, like we're really starting to see these things. Mm -hmm. uh, so think like L Lieutenant Data starts to think for itself. Mm -hmm. So here's the challenge. So I've said to this computer, here's the challenge. You need to make the colors match. Yeah, just over a second. That's all that they've told it. That's it. That's it. That's, that's, yep. the, that's yeah. the end game. And the computer has said, okay, boom, 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 figured it out. Yes. And trial and error and, hmm, maybe if I try this, and figured it out. Right. No, and, and I get That's amazing. It is. And the fact that it did it in just over a second. Like, I get it. A second. Well, that, isn't that uh, what a second yeah, story exactly. is? Just over a second. Like, it solved it in just over a second, which is amazing. So solved it, but figured it out. Not just like, it's not like they said, okay... I'm going to program it to turn it this way, turn it that way, turn it that way. No. They said, this is, the, this is what you need to do. Yep. Solve it. And the computer figured it out. It yes. is amazing technology that will change the world. Yeah. Sure. So, absolutely. So on the, on the positive side, you say to this similar technology, um, how can we solve an environmental crisis? Right. How can we get the oil spill out of the, the bay? Right. And, and it can, this is the idea, yeah, is yeah, that yeah. we're going to get to the point where we can ask those kinds of questions of an AI, of a computer. You think Google's fast? You think Google's impressive with its results? Well, this is going to blow your mind. Sure will. The thing with this story that makes me go, hmm, a little bit, is the fact that it solved it in a completely different logic pattern than the way that humans do. Yeah, it thinks differently. It, it does, yeah. which is wonderful. But if they're looking to have AI mimic humans t to allow it to do the work to then take that and go okay what about this complex thing that we haven't been able to figure out leads to logical thought that says it's going to come up with a solution that we can't wrap our heads around that's the inevitable question yeah. of right how and do we control ai so that's i think the biggest question right now and i think that is the whole part of this story that mm -hmm. excites me the most is that it's not about the rubik's cube it's about this is how it thinks. Okay, how do we adjust yeah. the AI programming to think like we do? When they could do that, sure. that's a whole other game changer. Because then it goes, yeah. hey, how do we solve uh, the great garbage patch in the Pacific Ocean that's double the size of Texas? <laughs> oh, we'll go about it this way. Yeah. Like, oh, and like, that makes boom, sense. there's the answer. And when Martin Ford came on the show uh, to talk about artificial intelligence and, and where they're at right now, uh, as, a, as an author in the field, like he used examples like, we do, we do need to understand the process yes. that the AI is using to get to the solution. We need to understand that. We also need to have control because a simple request of this AI to say, uh, and the example that he used was um, to uh, make our paperclip company more efficient. And then all of a sudden the AI takes over and, and with, within no amount of time, they, the AI is like pulling resources from everywhere and making an efficient paperclip company to the point where now human civilization is destroyed right. but paperclips are still being manufactured very efficiently we have to have control we have to actually understand yeah. the process that the that the ai is uh, is yeah. thinking right and, and and get our heads around that, which is tough. Now, the one, you know... If they don't think like us. I, I agree. Right? You know, it, we've got the chat room running as we're talking about this, and the foo brings up a yeah. good question. Is how many times did the AI have to solve the puzzle first? That would be interesting <laughs> to know. Was it a simple, 
oh, this is the situation. I'm going to run some thoughts. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Or did it actually go through trial and error? That'd be interesting to know. Sure. And I would imagine, like, and we don't have the answer to this and it's not in the, the news, but I would imagine that it's like a, it learned it and then it was able to solve it after yeah. having learned it. I don't think that the one second included the learning and figuring out exactly. how to, but then when it was presented with it, having learned how to deal with a Rubik's Cube, right. boom, did it in the second. Human, like a human child, you would be like, this can move this way mm-hmm. and that way. So that takes time. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So you'd have to teach it something. But it's a good question. So that we'll, we'll pose that to the AI. We'll ask. <laughs> Intel has unveiled its new AI system, Pahokee Beach. It's a neuromorphic computer capable of simulating 8 million neurons. Neuromorphic engineering, also known as neuromorphic computing, describes the use of systems containing electronic analog circuits to mimic neurobiological architecture in the present nervous system. The goal of neuromorphic research is to achieve a supercomputer a thousand times more powerful than any today. During the DARPA Electronics Resurgence Initiative Summit in Detroit on Monday, Intel unveiled a 64-chip computer capable of simulating 8 million neurons in total. Intel Labs Managing Director Rich Ulig said Pahoiki Beach will be made available to 60 research partners to, quote, advance the field, end quote, and scale up AI algorithms like spare coding and path planning. Pahoiki Beach packs 64 Lohi 128-core 14-nanometer neuromorphic chips, which were the first detailed in October 2017. Each Lohoi processor has a 60-millimeter die size and contain over 2 billion transistors, 130,000 artificial neurons, and 130 million synapses, in addition to three managing Lakemont cores for task orchestration. According to Intel, Loihi processes information up to 1,000 times faster and 10,000 times more efficiently than traditional processors, and it can solve certain types of optimization problems with more than three orders of magnitude gains in speed and energy efficiency as compared to conventional CPU operations. The chip consumes roughly 100 times less energy than widely used CPU-run simulation location and mapping methods. Intel says that, that later this year will introduce an even larger Lohi system, Pohoki Springs, that will deliver an un, quote, unprecedented level of performance and efficiency for neuromorphic workloads with upwards of 100 million neurons. But they didn't cover what the giggle score is? Yeah. <laughs> Three points. One, do you remember when processors had really friendly names like Pentium, <laughs> Celeron? That's right. So, well done. <laughs> Everything is like a foreign word oh now. <laughs> it's really tough. Um, but uh, you get the gist of it. Two, when can we add our crypto miners to this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, third question is like, and it, not really a question, but more of a statement. Seeing how technology has progressed and hearing now that processors are being described in terms of neurons and positrons. Like, this is the, t- the stuff of Star Trek. Yeah. It is. Like, we're talking a brain. This is a brain. 
Right. Yep. At eight million. What is it? Eight million. Synapses? No, neurons. N- neurons. Neurons. So we're what? Like How many a, do a we billion? have? A billion, I think. Is it a better brain than we have? No. No. Oh gosh, no. No. It's we, faster. I don't but. know them. So yeah, no. This is nothing compared to a human brain. But again, going back to knowing that um, that computers are starting to think. Yeah. And that they now they're building a brain out of computer chips. Now, what I want to know, though, is how does this compare to Watson? Oh, Watson would be nothing compared to this. Right. We're talking, like, in the story, talking about how this can be a thousand times faster than any supercomputer that exists today. Right. In so our, you, but you like, figure how much has been in the done near future. Watson. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we're going to do this. And by the way, it's probably going to be better by the fall. It's like, yeah. So, again, ask that question. How can we solve world hunger? You know, just, just answer me that. Well, first of all, you know, I got some, I got some suggestions. <laughs> so it's going gonna, it's gonna to help with that kind of stuff. Right. If it's in the right hands. Mm-hmm. And that's the, it's just nuts. Like, I'm just, I am absolutely mind blown to the point of tongue-tied. Yeah. Because I put everything like this in the context of data. Because, and data, the, the Star Trek character. Because that's a positronic net. That's a, a neuromorphic computer. Right. And now we're actually, okay, this is like uh, dot. Like, this is the, the rudimentary introductory version of, hey, they've got the AI technology now. So it can think for itself. It can learn how to solve a Rubik's Cube in a second. And we've got the technology to make it fast and make it to be able to think in a very, very fast manner. So as, like, you work in tech. Yeah. And you do a lot I of... don't work in AI. Like, this stuff just is mind-blowing No, but to me. you do a lot of service calls and, like, people calling sure. in. Could you imagine if there was an AI computer, like a micro version of this that your company bought mm. that allowed it to VPN into people's home computers to solve their problem automatically for them? Could you imagine how that would change your industry? Mm. There's a lot in my industry that's redundant. And by, by that, I mean, it's like repetitive. Yes. It's yeah. always the same thing. But right? that's the thing. You take something like this, that can go like that. Yeah. Like how and can talk. I mean, talk to your Amazon Echo and be like, it sounds like a person. It does. Mm-hmm. They can I talk. Wonder. They can. So you know, there's all kinds of ominous things here. But if in the right hands, this can be a very powerful tool for good. Right. So this has just been unveiled and developed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But autonomous vehicles are already out there. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think so. Now tie them in. in a car. No, no, no. You, no but but through can, the internet, yeah. through yeah. Wi-Fi, through LTE or uh, 5G or whatever you want to do, yeah, do, it's like it's always connected. Yeah. yeah. So now all of a sudden you have this kind of a brain powering the neural network of auto- autonomous vehicles. Okay. Do you remember about I'm going to say a year and a half, maybe two years ago? We I don't know if it's a news story, but but we talked about autonomous vehicles, and I said, wouldn't it be amazing if we can get to the point where traffic management through connected cars is instantaneous, where it goes mm-hmm. based on people's driving patterns, their yes. work hours, yeah. reading off their schedule. And I, now we're getting to privacy and all that kind of stuff. But sure. you know. 
you know, reading off your Google Calendar where you're supposed to be, drive time to go, mm-hmm. you need to leave at this time, by the way, take that exit, that exit, and there's a computer somewhere that's routing all these autonomous cars. That's yep. like, you just go, I'm good. That's this moment. That's and they're making flying taxis. This. Yes. I know. And add reason. that to the mix. That's I right. know. You have no reason to be late, ever. <laughs> <laughs> the computer made you on time. That's an amazing point. (laughs) Hey, let's take a quick look at the uh, cryptocurrency market. This is how it looks here in 2019 before the neural network allows us to mine massive amounts of Bitcoin. So right now, Bitcoin is sitting at $9,792.67. I'll just say everything's down. Uh, Bitcoin Bitcoin losing, though, uh, it's the biggest loser, $2,137.35 in the minus from last week. Facebook Libre is uh, still sitting at $0, and I'm going to keep telling you that because one day it's going to be worth a penny. And um, then that's when we know that Facebook is actually doing what they said they're going to do. Litecoin is at $91.03, down 16 and 72 cents. Ethereum at $213.72. Monero at 77.59. Now Torque is at 0.96 thousandths of a cent. And Turtlecoin also losing at 0.98 thousandths of a cent. Do remember if you're going to mine, if you're going to invest or otherwise work in cryptocurrency. It's uh, a market that never closes, and it's a market that is always volatile. So be careful and only spend, only invest what you can afford to lose. Yep. Big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category 5.TV newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. And I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Jeff Weston. Thank you again for being here with us this week. We do have to take a really quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Been so great having you here this week. Today is a very special day for me. Yes. Happy I don't know if you know. birthday. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's actually the big 4-0 today. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we mentioned that we've been to get we've got together uh, on the weekend. You guys threw a party, and, and that was four times in one week. I know it's Ugh. crazy. How do you so put up with me? One visit for every ten years you've been alive. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's that. We had a good wow. time. I feel like we put you to work for your birthday. Actually, I was the barbecue guy. Yeah. That's how it should be. Okay. Have you noticed that as you add years to your life, you instantly just become like the barbecue guy? I have found over the last couple of years, it's like, hey, you're cooking for your birthday. Yeah, sure. I'm okay Why with not? that. Like, oh, I yeah. like the barbecue. I make the best barbecue. Those are good Robbie's barbecue, birthday, right? I got a dash cam. They were, they were. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> wow. Look at how that worked out. What did I get? <laughs> uh, you got to enjoy our social presence. Yes, right. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, it was good. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so thank you for, you didn't even know, but you're here with me so, yeah. on my birthday. So, yeah. so it, I love in Wednesday. 40 the work years, never ends. Yeah. 40 years, what's the biggest tech mind blowing <laughs> thing? The tech for you? change? Well, computers were invented in that time, Jeff. <laughs> well, no. Personal computers. Okay, there we go. Personal yeah. computers. 
So my first computer was a VIC-20. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that was late 70s, but I, I wasn't. I wasn't born until '79, so yeah. um, so it was uh, it was just shortly after it was you know made popular that I got one, and uh, that that takes me back. I actually yeah. ordered a Vic 20 sign for the studio here. Did you really? Yeah. And it's on its way, probably from China or something, on a boat. But it's going to hang on our wall. Vic 20 original advertisement from the original. Uh, That's cool. Promo. Um, and, and incidentally, celebrating my birthday week this week uh, as well is uh, the 50 years of uh, the landing on the moon. Yes, which that's is right. uh, which is pretty amazing. I mean, think, thinking about the technology now that was 10 years before my time, but think of how technology has changed since oh, yeah. then. You can actually view and download the source code that took America to the moon. Really? On GitHub, it's there. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, just amazing stuff. But how has technology changed? I mean, take all of the technology from, say, 1969, so 10 years before my time, and condense it down into a Raspberry Pi computer right. that fits in my pocket, and that's, like, more powerful. Mm-hmm. We're now talking about neural networks and things like that. It's only been 50 years since we were on the moon and, and 40 years since Robbie was born. So I've seen all of this stuff change. I know. And 12 years of Cat 5. Yeah, that's Not true. Not to make this about me. <laughs> <laughs> Not to make it about me. But I'm pretty sure that my 40th birthday is also a Wednesday. No way. Yeah. Nice. Not next so, Wednesday, but no. a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> She's got 11 years yet, folks. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to have for breakfast tomorrow, let alone look four <laughs> years Just did in the, the math. Future. I, go- I googled it. She asked What's the it? AI. 1981 Jeff. plus 40. Wow. <laughs> is it a Wednesday? <laughs> is it a Wednesday? Brilliant. So now, I hope you'll be here. Speaking yeah. of tech and asking things. Yes. So while we were celebrating your birthday on the weekend, mm. we got talking about a particular piece of technology. The Echo? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's coming tomorrow. Hey, I nice. Finally okay. Broke down oh, is this the gadget that you were talking got about that you were teasing about? Tomorrow. That is nice. Great. Okay. Yeah. So now we got to get into some of the smart home things that you can do, like being able to turn on and off your lights with voice command. Yeah. Um, first I, I have a Nest. What type of thermostat do you have? It's really I think nice. It's just a basic Honeywell. Okay. Well, Honeywell may have connectivity. Some of them no, do. No, this one doesn't. Just an old basic yeah. one. So um, call, um, you know, get, get yourself a nest or something like that. It's really, really nice it's to be able to... a bird's nest. They're in the trees. <laughs> I'll tell you what. No matter where you are in the house, being able to say, what's the temperature in the house? And get a response and then say, turn the temperature down a half a degree. Right. Well, it turns, it's really handy. It turns out it's super handy. Like, if you're laying in bed, you can say, turn on the bedroom fan. You know, oh, yeah. Turn on you the don't, light. You don't even have to sit up and push mine, the button. But be, oh, right, gotcha. Right? But you can just put the little dongle thing in the mm-hmm. wall and then plug your fan into oh, that. Right? Gotcha. And then you can voice command it to turn on. So here's the funny thing. Yeah. You know that I've always been like, ah, it's listening, ah! You know, and my wife has been, she's like, I don't need that. She I don't listens need listening to all you? the time. Yeah. No, actually, what sold us um, was lists. Shopping lists and yeah. the shopping all this kind list. of stuff. That was yeah, the such game a great changer. feature. We talked about it a couple times yeah. after we were at your place, mm-hmm. and that is the thing she's excited about. And now, yeah. like, I'm not a list person. 
I'm getting excited about it because so often we'll open up the fridge and it's like, where is that right, thing? Right, right. But so you, I have because it in the, the kids kitchen. Ate it and don't tell us. Right, but I have it in the kitchen. So and I, this is the Amazon Echo Dot that I have, um, and uh, so it, we use up the ketchup or it's getting low, and I say keyword. Um, Add. add ketchup to my shopping list. So and boom, 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 idea. bing, it's on my phone. And then when I'm in the store, this is the brilliant part. When I'm in the store, it has a checklist, and I can check things off, and they yep. ba- vanish off of there. Now, I want to say, because I know you're concerned about it listening when it shouldn't listen, and I know some viewers are have, th- have thought, uh, I don't, I've heard stories, and these, this has been in the news. Like, come on, people, we need to do better journalism than this. Um, that sometimes it will come on because it thought you said the word. Right. Okay? Or something that you said sounds like the keyword, and so it triggers on and starts listening and recording the conversation and sending it to Amazon. Right. That's a concern of some people. So what I did is I just, in my app, I set it to make a trigger tone. So every time it thinks it's heard the word, it makes a sound. It goes, Mm -hmm. it chimes. So if you hear that, you know that it's And then I say... Cancel. Right. So, because our, our keyword is computer. So, sometimes we say the word computer in our day-to-day conversation. I, and it goes, and we that say, was cancel. My, that was going to be my question because we have some friends who, yes. the name is Alexia. Okay, don't say it out loud, though. No, no, but... That's the name. But it's... Without an I. But yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. but that's what I'm saying. It's so close. Oh, I see. That, oh, the daughter, like the kid or the person. Yeah, we know. Oh, so it's like... Their name would, is. Right. Yeah, so we'd be okay. having these conversations about... Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to set the thing off or have it, right. you know, call so, them or whatever. So what are the options? A-L-E-X-A yeah. is option one. That's the default. Computer is another one. Yeah. And Amazon. Oh. Those are your three options out of the box. Now, there is talk that firmware updates may eventually in, improve that uh, and even make it so that you can customize it, but right now, uh, it's not possible. So you have, have you found that computer is the most... Easy? It's the most fun as Trekkies. Okay, fair Computer, enough. what's the date? And it answers me. Okay, but from <laughs> your day-to-day yeah. life use, you find that that's the one that doesn't trigger it as often? No, I tri- it triggers a lot. <laughs> See, it triggers a lot. My, but we just fear. say, cancel, because you hear the tone. It yeah. goes, Dilun. and we yeah, say, okay. cancel. It, that's all it takes, it's, and then it stops listening. Cause it, but if you're having conversations and you don't want it to ever listen, there is a, 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 a physical yeah. uh, mm-hmm. mute button, yeah. so, um, anyway. and Google Home has that as well. Well, and that's the thing. That's what I have. We yeah. considered a, a Google Home, but I did some research, yeah. and so many different reviews going down to the specs and features yeah. and functions. Mm-hmm. Like the Echo blew the Google Home out of the water. Yeah. And I found it's that's my preference. I have both. Yeah. I haven't plugged in the Google Dot. But in, interestingly in, enough, when really we did like the review mine. in the studio. Yeah, they're nice, but. The Google impressed me more. Yeah. Really? In yeah. the studio? When, yeah. we, when we did that show uh, six months ago. I think it's a matter of preference, too. I think yeah. so. And they're both very usable devices. Right. And a, lo- a lot of the stuff is compatible with both. You buy the light, and it'll work on either. Right. So it doesn't matter. I mean, I have a Fire Stick, right? Yeah, so okay. I, have, I have the ability to access, right? Because I can talk through it. So it's, you have it's a Google enabled. Home Mini, but you have an Amazon Fire, Fire TV Stick. Yes. Yeah. I. Not it brand all jives. Oil, clearly. I just it all go jives. Wherever they all talk to one to. another. But right. it does mean that I can also talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> well, but when you ask the Google Home Mini 
to do something with the Fire TV stick, does it go? <sighs> I like never make them talk to each other. That's, that's, that's weird. That's to funny. Me. So, <laughs> folks, we're we're right out of time. It's been a lot of fun uh, having you here on my birthday. Starbucks gave me a free venti latte today. Yay. For my birthday. Wow. That's like a mortgage payment they just saved. Oh my goodness. And they wished me a happy birthday on Twitter, which was like, thanks, Starbucks. You Don't you love it when a computer tweets? <laughs> I, I imagine that it's, it was a real barista somewhere. Somewhere. I got a friend who's a manager. In I'll the ask. neural network. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> have a wonderful week everybody it's been great having you here don't forget we're on twitter category 5 tv uh you can also follow me personally robbie ferguson uh also we're on youtube as category 5 tv as well as uh linux tech show subscribe to both of those for all of our notifications we post different things to different channels uh, and those are our two main ones we're also in the Roku channel store, so you'll find us with a quick search. And we're on Plex and Cody. If you go to my GitHub, it's github.com slash cat5tv. Um, have a great week, everybody. See ya. See ya.